0: You're listening to a podcast of a Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Thank you guys. Thank you. Uh, just as I had shared a little bit earlier on, on Tuesday night I'm doing part two of what I'm looking at today and I'm calling it The Hidden Hand, God's Interventions In your life. I'm gonna dive straight into this because it is important and I want to try and make the most of the time that we have. It is my conviction that stuff is happening in the background of your life that you're not even tuned into seeing and yet it is God preparing stuff and shaping your future and he's doing the same in my life and in my experience 90% 90% of the time, the deepest of Christians aren't fully tuned into what's going on. So I just want to highlight that today and just look at some of the unusual ways that God can then be leading you. And I think for some, He definitely is, into a next phase of your life. So we're going to be looking at 1 Kings 17. It's a well-known portion of scripture, though for many of you it will be new. And I pray, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Would you melt the cold hearts and would you open the closed minds, not to me, but to you. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 1 Kings 17, I'm going to go straight into it. The words are on the screen, and we look at a little bit of context immediately after that. Elijah, the prophet, said to King Ahab, There will be no rain in this land for years, not until I prophesy that it will rain again. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Leave here. And hide yourself by the stream of Cherith. Drink water from that stream. And I will send ravens to bring you food. So Elijah obeyed the word of the Lord. And he lived by the stream called Cherith. Every morning. Every evening. The ravens brought him bread and meat to eat and he drank water from the stream but after a while the stream started drying up because there was no rain in the land this is god's word may it bless it to our souls in jesus name Elijah the prophet said to King Ahab, there won't be rain for years, not until I prophesy it again. Elijah was a man of God. The generation he was born into, like the generation you are now living through, was rebellious against God. You and I live in a generation and in a continent where people fight against God. Where even those in power try and encourage people to a way God has never called anyone to live. You and I are living at a time that feels like the end of time if you study the book of Romans and it points towards the hatred and the selfishness that rises up in men and women's hearts. Well, Elijah lived at a time like that, probably even worse than now. And God raised him up to bring The word of God. And he's speaking to this King Ahab who was wicked, evil, selfish, a murderer. And King Ahab didn't like to hear the word of the Lord. And King Ahab had a whole different agenda. And his wife, anyone tell me his wife's name? Jezebel. Jezebel. A really nasty piece of work, the two of them. You always hear about Jezebel, but King Ahab was as bad. Sin is an equal opportunity employer. Men and women can equally be evil. Men and women can equally be blessed by God. But Elijah prophesied this, and he wasn't just saying, we're having a bit of climate change here. He was saying that the lack of rain in a dry climate anyway in a place that is almost a desert-like conditions. He was saying, there's not going to be any rain here until so that the people of Israel will get the message. That they'll begin to understand something isn't right. And he knew from God's word that he would prophesy the end of this drought. And we know it was about three and a half years where there was no rain. So he prophesied this took a lot of courage. Evil King Ahab wasn't pleased about it. But then God's word came to Elijah. And the Lord said to Elijah in verse 3, Leave here, hide yourself by the Cherith stream. Some of the American versions call this the brook Cherith. But we don't use the word brook here. So I'm using the word we use in Ireland and in Europe, stream. If If you condense this word of direction... I don't know if you've ever had a word of direction in your life where you know that you know that you know that you know God has spoken to you and he's given you a clear direction. You can usually, when that happens, pick out a few words that are key. And here we see leave, hide, stream. Leave the situation you're in because it was dangerous. Some of you here have left countries that are dangerous And you've come to live here because it's safer for you. Jesus even suggested it to his followers. If you're persecuted in one town, what do you do? You leave that town and go to another. So some of you have left nations that are dangerous. Some of you maybe have left neighborhoods that are dangerous. Some of you have left marriages that were very dangerous. Leave. Hide. God is my hiding place. If you have never experienced the fact that the living God can be your hiding place, you're missing out on so much. To hide ourselves in God is not what a coward would do. To hide ourselves in God is where God nourishes us, where we hear the still small voice, where we sense the blessing, where our hard hearts melt and our minds open. But God will never tell you, leave and hide. He will always provide a stream in the desert. If you are in a desert situation, if you love God, you're a Christ follower, it is impossible for you to be in a desert situation without God giving you a stream. Amen? God gives us streams in the desert. I remember years ago, I used to read a devotional. read it for years every day. And it was by a Mrs. something or other, but the name of the devotional was Streams in the Desert. I don't know if anyone ever came across that. What was her name, Mrs.? Yeah, all I saw was Mrs. and I switched off when when I saw a big long name. But it was a beautiful devotional, I used to read it every day. But everybody goes through a desert. Everybody goes through difficult times and times of testing. But God will always give us a stream in the desert. Hallelujah. So Elijah, even though he had to hide, even though he had to leave, God was giving him a stream. God will not let you die in that sense. So Elijah is told to go to a certain stream. And the name of it is Cherith. And I know when you were reading your Bible, I hope we read our Bible regularly. If you never read your Bible, you're going to start getting really weak spiritually. If you're not into reading, then listen. There's no excuse. It's so easy. This is our daily nourishment. But when we read our scripture regularly, and we read something like a stream called Cherith, we probably won't know what it means, and that's why it's good for us as the people of God, when we gather together, to look at the Bible and see the full meaning. Because Cherith isn't just a makey-uppy name, Cherith has a meaning, and it means to cut away. Now, the word we would use here is to prune. I love gardening, Denise and I love to garden together. And uh, very often, and we don't have one secateurs, we must have about eight of them, so we've got these secateurs and we will cut back trees and bushes and so on, and we cut them back, we prune them, because if you don't, it gets out of control, the plant, and it actually will end up dying. But if you prune it and cut off the dead wood, what you do is you allow the life and the moisture to go to where it's needed. And the plant or the tree or the bush becomes stronger and more sturdy because it is pruned back. And so here we have a prophetic statement in the midst of this well-known portion of scripture that sometimes God, in your life and in my life, will cut away things in our lives. And that's exactly what he had done to Elijah here. But he did it so that Elijah would get stronger And would become more the man of God in his situation. The New Testament tells us that if a father or a mother doesn't discipline their children, they really don't love them. If we discipline our children, not brutalize them, but if we discipline our children, we give them boundaries. And a lot of this is just basic common sense. In the same way God disciplines us, amen? We, We don't like it though, do we? We don't really like it. I don't really like it when God disciplines me. But when I look back over my life and I can see times he has disciplined me, I say, thank you, Lord, because I'm stronger. I've learned more. So here we have Elijah in a place like this. It is a desert. But you know what? He was able, sorry, forgive me. He was able to drink water from that stream, verse 6 of chapter 17. So he's in the desert and he's drinking water from the stream. If you're in a desert situation right now in your life, I hope you're drinking from the stream that God has given you. And perhaps what's happening here today is part of that stream. So there's no rain, you're in a desert situation, But you're right by a stream. So not only are you drinking the water, you can wash there. You can cook with it. You can do all kinds of things. This is life. So God is giving Elijah life. And then, as he's receiving the life, God gives him another uh, promise. Not only are you going to drink water from the stream, the Lord is promising a Sorry guys, there's something going on in media, just might need to come out. That's it. He promises in verse 6, Every morning and evening the ravens brought him bread and meat to eat. Hmm. I suppose most of us are going to have dinner sometime today, yeah? Yeah? Some of us are going to have maybe curry, or a nice salad, or roast beef or a nice piece of chicken, or fish, or whatever you're having yourself. Imagine if your dinner was bits of bread and bits of meat that a raven would bring you. Mmm. For some reason my mouth isn't watering at the <laughs> thought of that. Bits of bread and bits of meat. Now, I don't know if ravens have saliva. I imagine they have something, just the thought of it. But you know what this is? This is a miracle. It's kind of a low down there miracle. It's a very humble miracle. Last week we heard Michael was sharing about Jonah and how he survived three days in the belly of the whale. It was a spectacular miracle. Quite dramatic. Bit like Michael. (laughs) Spectacular and dramatic. But I'm a very humble person, Michael, you know. <laughs> well, I'll keep, keep now with the humble miracles. This is a humble miracle. And we kind of don't see it as a miracle, but it is a miracle. God uses the mundane. And sometimes we're blind to these mundane miracles that God brings us. Here's the interesting thing. uh, Elijah was a religious Jew. He took his faith seriously. Elijah, under that dispensation, obeyed the Old Testament law. And we know from the scripture that the raven... For example, Deuteronomy 14.14, You shall not eat or touch any unclean bird, such as the vulture, the kite, the bat, or the raven. And it lists a lot of other birds. So the raven is an unclean bird. Now put yourself in the shoes and in the heartbeat of Elijah. You're someone who takes your faith seriously, and it is forbidden for you to touch a bird like a raven. And yet... And yet, God's word says to you, you're going to eat little bits of morsels of food that these guys are going to spit out to you. Ooh, that's a strange one, isn't it? The unclean bird is going to bring you your dinner. I love what the Prince of Preachers says about this verse. That's Charles Spurgeon. God can still bring a good word to you even though it be through an unclean mouth. How God can break into your everyday, or my everyday, how God can speak to us, and sometimes it's not about the person speaking. I knew a guy, I know a guy, not from this church or this city, so it's totally confidential, but he and his wife were going through difficulty in their marriage, and one night... He just decided he was going to go with someone else. And so he went to a certain pub that had a bad reputation. And in there he went up to a woman who didn't have a great reputation. And he organized with her that they were going to go and get a room. But somehow, I remember him telling me this, this is true. Somehow in the midst of the conversation, he ends up saying he was married. And the woman, who was not a Christian, and he was, was far from God. Out of her mouth she said, what's a married man doing in a place like this? And he shared with me that his blood went cold when she said that. And he knew, even though she was not in a place with God, through, if you will, her unclean lips, God challenged him through her and he got up and he ran out of that place, hallelujah interesting though isn't it and so a raven an unclean bird brings Elijah the food with which he can survive you see the hidden hand of God in your life and in my life can be so hidden at times we're blind to it But if I can encourage you and challenge you to just look a little bit deeper at how God breaks into our lives. It's all over the Bible. Here are four very basic examples. Abraham had mysterious visitors. He looked up from his tent and there were three men standing over there. They were mysterious visitors. You see, God was at work in an invisible way all along. Abraham just didn't see it. But when he looked up, these were three angels. This was the time of Lot and Sodom. Genesis 18. Daniel and two friends in the fire, but a fourth was seen walking among them in the fire. Daniel 3. All the trauma, and there was trauma, of being what they thought would be their execution. Yet God was orchestrating events and making sure they would be okay. It wasn't until that fourth person who we know was Jesus Christ, who walked with them in the fire, it wasn't until then they knew that they were safe. But God's hidden hand was at work all the time in their situation. They just hadn't seen evidence of it. Nabal died suddenly, an evil, selfish, stupid man almost bought total destruction upon his household because he came against King David if it wasn't for his wise wife Abigail that she and all the household would be dead but she was trapped in a marriage and in a situation that was anything but good but she did nothing to change it. God struck him dead again in Abigail's life an invisible hand a shocking hand But God is to be feared as well as he is to be loved. Amen? Amen. Or how about Peter escaping from prison in Acts 5? He went through all the trauma of that. It wasn't until angels appeared at the end that he walked free. The hidden hand was at work all the time. He just didn't see it. The hidden hand is at work in your life. It's at work in work, in school, with your neighbours, within your own body within my body, within my neighbors, within everything, within our families. But so often we get caught up in the mundane of day-to-day living and we don't see the hidden hand of the living God at work in our lives. But these are just examples. We're told in the last verse, and I just have one or two more slides, verse 7, that's my phone actually, isn't it? I never put it on silent. (laughs) But after a while, the stream started drying up because there was no rain in the land. Back up the truck for a second. Here's someone who is a man of God. Here's someone who is in the right place, at the right time doing the right thing like many of you here this morning you could be down on the beach right now you could be watching the telly or having a a sleep in right now but you have made an intentional decision to come with the people of God and keep a clear conscience and not uh, deny or keep away from the assembly of God's people together so here we have a guy doing everything right And God said, I'll give you a stream in your desert. But the stream starts drying up. It starts drying up. I wonder, is there stuff drying up in your life? I prophesy to some of you it is. John the Baptist had a fantastic ministry. But his ministry started drying up. He did nothing wrong. But his disciples began leaving him and following Jesus. Not only his ministry, his popularity started drying up. Previous to this, crowds wanted to be with him. But the hidden hand of God was at work. And Jesus Christ was now the one to follow. But John, the human being, began to see everything in his life dry up. Epaphroditus was a godly man in the church at Philippi. And yet his health started drying up. He started to get sick. Paul said he almost died. And Paul goes on to say, But God spared us from sorrow upon sorrow. And he recovered. We don't read that he was healed. He recovered and he lived. But there was a season in his life where his health dried up, like that stream dried up for Elijah. Paul said to Timothy, his son in the Lord, his friendships began to dry up. At one stage he wrote to him and he said, all in Asia, Asia, all in Asia have deserted me. I'm alone. Sometimes in your life and in my life, people move on. People are so fickle. People are so fickle. And people move on and people take an ocean. We had an old word in Cork, I don't know if it's used anymore. People take a figary. Its like, you can't understand, they just get a figure. Paul found himself abandoned. His friends, as well as ministry, but they were friends primarily, abandoned him. He was on his own. The stream dried up. Somehow, the hidden hand of God was at work, but it was hard to see it there. Or what about when Jesus spoke about the businessman in Luke 12 and how this businessman, who had plans to go to the city? But we know that the Lord said, you should never say, next year I'll go to the city, and I'm going to make money, and I'm going to do this and this. He said, if the Lord wills it, I will do this. Because his money was going to dry up, as well as his life. So this is a small glimpse, to you and to me, of all different ways in our future, that stuff can dry up, even though we are doing the right thing, brothers, sisters, The hidden hand of God is at work in your life. And sometimes, horror of horrors, God's hand in your life is about drying up something. The thing is, God was intervening in Elijah's life. And the future is that God dried up a stream, but God had something far better for Elijah. And he moved him on. You won't read this in the Bible, but it is a principle in the Bible. It's a saying I remember many years, even before I was a Christian. God never closes a door without opening another. That's not a direct quote from the Bible, but it is a principle in the Bible. On Tuesday night, we're going to look at the open door God had for Elijah and how that can apply to our lives. But for this morning, just before we come and we do our final song here this morning. There's various ways that God is working in a hidden way in your life. And I just would like you, when you go home or when you get a chance this week, reflect on it. Can you see beyond the veil? Can you catch a glimpse of a fingerprint of heaven in your everyday life? But what we want to pray for this morning is that some of us have stuff that is drying up. If it's not drying up for you, it's drying up for someone you love. We're going to pray this morning that God moves us on to a better place. I am not going to pray that the stream comes back. Because if God is drying up a stream in your life, he's doing it for a purpose. And if we want to mature and move on, we have to accept that as part of it. If someone moves out of your life, they were only meant to be in your life for a season. Let them go. If they're going, nothing you can stay will stop them. Let them go. If someone leaves walking with God, it might break your heart, but you got to let them go. There's nothing you can do. Just leave them with the Lord. They were only meant to be in your life for a while. This earth is never about forever. The next life is about forever. So let's pray that God will give you and me a breath of orthodoxy, a breath of maturity in our spiritual walk, that we can accept something drying up and that we're ready to move on to the next thing. Can you stand with me? I'm going to pray about that in a second. God will do it by his spirit, no matter what you or I do in our natural strength, not by might, not by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Let's sing and then we'll pray. Thank you, just so you can put up the words of the song.
1: No, not by my. might. More, and no, not by my.
0: I don't know if there's many people here who could honestly say it this morning something is drying up in my life, but I know there are a few here. This night might not be for everyone, but it is for some. If you do recognize something drying up, whether it is a relationship, a ministry, a, a job, health, we need to have the strength of God's Holy Spirit to take the next part of the journey. So, this isn't bad news. This is good news, but it's also truthful. If something is drying up in your life and you want us to pray with you, would you lift up your hand? Is there anyone here? I can see some hands going up. So can we sing the song again? Can I ask you to come forward? We're going to pray over you if you've put your hand up. Let's pray God gives you the strength for the journey ahead. No, not by might. Leave your seat and come to the top.
1: No, not by might, nor even power, but by Your Spirit, O oh Lord. You're the healer of hearts. You're the binder of Lives that are lost, restored, and flow through this land until every man praises your name once more.
0: We lift up our hands to the Lord could the prayer and care team come forward as well let's pray for our brothers and sisters praise God if something isn't drying up in your life but the day will come when it will for all of us in the name of Jesus Christ for our sisters and brothers whatever is drying up oh God I pray you would help them to surrender it this morning Brothers and sisters, can you lay that person or that issue on the altar? Just give it to the Lord. If he's taking it, we can't hold on to it. Let's give it over to him. So we give it to you, Heavenly Father. And we can't pretend we're feeling great, but we are honest in your house. So we give you that issue. Here it is, Lord. Let the stream dry up in our lives. But we pray, Heavenly Father, that you would give us strength from heaven to move on to the next part of what you have in our future. Because we know you are not a God of the dead, but of the living. And so we pray into every future that is represented here. We ask you, Lord, that you would give each one a glimpse A dream a vision a prophetic word a little bit of evidence of a door opening in their life where they can focus and move forward to the next part of their journey on this planet oh God would you heal broken hearts here and would you give strength that's not natural and would you help each one and nourish each one by day and by night until they come to the open door you have for them. Lord, as we leave that issue on the altar, we thank you for what it's been in our past. Can you say that, brothers and sisters? Let's just tell Jesus, thank you for the blessing that that has been, but it's time to move on to something new. Can we do that? Thank you, Lord, for that person, that job, that season of health, Whatever it is, that ministry, thank you, oh God. We praise you for it. And now please lead us and we move on. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. I've had a sense since I woke up this morning and I shared it with the pre-meeting. We meet for prayer early here. That right this morning, all over Cork, people are dying. People literally have gone from life to death. People have gone to eternity. Some have gone to be with the Lord and some haven't gone to be with the Lord. Jesus will tell us they've gone to hell. I pray that the crossing over, that the stream drying up for anyone connected to any of us, if you have a family member who is not right with God, nobody knows the day or the hour. I have this sense of seriousness upon me that nobody we love would see the stream of their health dry up and that when their days are ended, and maybe it'll be very soon, that they end up away from God. So can I ask whether you're up here or down there, if you do have someone you love and they're not right with God, can we pray for them right now that when their stream of health dries up, they'll call out to the Lord if not before. Can we pray for them before we close? If you want to pray for someone down there up here, let's just lift up a hand to heaven. Just picture their face in your mind. Say their name, whisper their name to the Lord. And Jesus, this person we love, these people we love, we pray, O oh God, that when their stream of health dries up, when their time on earth dries up, that not one of them would go to hell. We pray heaven into their experience. Oh Jesus, would you move upon their heart? Would you arrest them? Would you stop them? Would you get their attention and help them to make... Peace with you the living God oh let repentance come let holiness come let reality come Lord Jesus Christ and rescue our loved ones because everyone has one who is far from you and we pray oh God that their journey would be a journey to heaven and not to hell oh thank you for your hidden hand at work in all our lives and we pray would bear great fruit And that we would have the breath of generosity of spirit to realize that sometimes we just need to let things go. So we let them go, God. We move forward to our future and we pray that our loved ones would never move forward without you. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's take our seats or remain standing. We leave our guys, go back to the seats. Let's sing this one more time. Because you might look at someone you love or you might look at your situation and it can seem impossible. And it is with your strength and your might. But by God's spirit, nothing is impossible. Let's sing it for 60 seconds and then we'll close.
1: No, not by might nor even power but by your spirit, O Lord. You're the healer of hearts. You're the binder of wounds. Lives that are lost Yes, flow through this land Until every man Praises your name once more
0: Praise God, as we close You know what happened in the Bible? Elijah didn't die He moved on to something better. You're not going to die. God is going to move you on to something better. Hallelujah. God bless your week ahead. And may you see God's fingerprint in your everyday life this coming week. And not only in your life, but in the life of the people you love. I pray miracles break out in every family represented here. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Coffee upstairs. The band are going to play us out. Don't forget, tomorrow, Kids Camp starts. God go with you. John.